We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. It's a different world, it's a different day, but we are back on the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase, aka Trophy Chase. You can find me at Trophy Chase TFDR on Twitter. And as always, my man Cody, where can they find you? Yeah, y'all can find me over on Twitter at Cody Smith TFDR. You can also find us over on YouTube at the Fantasy Draft Room. Outstanding. So we uh, we wrapped up week one, got a lot of things to kind of dive into here, want to touch on some things. So let's kick off those injuries. Uh, what do we got for injuries as we look at uh, week two here? Yeah, let's go through a quick rundown. Starting with the Arizona Cardinals, Rondell Moore still dealing with a hamstring injury, did not practice today. Also on that note, Zach Ertz is also dealing with his calf injury, and we're going to be waiting to see if he's going to be able to make it this week. The Atlanta Falcons, Damian Williams has been dealing with rib soreness, and he's still not practicing as of today. Moving into the Baltimore Ravens, good news there. J.K. Dobbins, his uh, knee's healing up. He actually participated in full earlier today. We got that report, so be on the lookout for him to possibly be starting this week. I still wouldn't start him in any leagues if he does come back. Do not fire him up. Not yet. No, not yet. We need to see something on the field first, get some more practice reports in there. One that doesn't matter as much, Velas Jones, inactive due to a hamstring injury. Uh, doesn't look like he's probably going to be out there this week either. Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins did exit last week with a into concussion protocol after suffering a blow to the head. In the first half, he was limited in practice, though, today. Sounds like he's going to be all systems go this week, but still something to monitor as we go into the weekend. One of the biggest injuries from this weekend, Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback Dak Prescott will have to undergo surgery to fix the hand injury he suffered on Sunday. We're looking like we're going to be not seeing Dak on the field for the first six to eight weeks. Do have Jerry Jones coming out there saying he could be back in four. I'm not trusting him. Looks like we're going to be in the six to eight week window of Cooper Rush starting for the Dallas Cowboys. Green Bay Packers, Al Lazard was inactive in, during the first game for that random injury that we saw pop up the week of. Apparently, he's been dealing with an ankle injury for a while now. He was limited in today's practice, however. Moving into the New England Patriots quarterback, we got some better news on this quarterback front. Mac Jones was held out of his postgame press conference due to a back injury. However, it sounds like it's just back spasms, should be fine, already practicing again. The New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara is dealing with a rib injury after the Saints win over the Falcons. However, it does appear that Dennis Allen expects the running back to be fine for week two. Shouldn't have any concerns about starting him as we move into next week, but still might want to make sure that we're not seeing any negative reports coming out during the next couple of days. The Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris is expected to suit up after week two because he suffered a foot injury. Not sure if this is related to the Liz Frank injury that he suffered earlier. Najee's already came out, said he's good, ready to go. He's going to be playing week two. I don't have any personal concerns on this one. Just watch out for anything. Maybe get stepped on again. Should be fine. It was one of those things, too, that with, with Najee, like he had the 
that like supposedly it was the ankle then it was the foot and and now he's good to go i mean uh i think he's just built different so <laughs> if he's out there you got to fire him up for sure yeah he'll be in my starting lineups most likely come sunday then the bad running back injury news elijah mitchell looks like he's going to be out the next two months after suffering an mcl sprain and even worse for the team george kittle is still not practicing his week two start is very much in doubt at this point even if he's in i know it's george kittle but i don't think i can even fire him up i'd love to have another waiver wire option if i'm there so the rumor real quick on on kittle is that he actually may be out like four weeks um so i if you if you can find another tight end option find him i i mean i, I do think he'll be fine long long term he's always hurt every single year and still ends up tight end four somehow <laughs> i mean he's good so uh that that is one thing i did want to kind of add to that is it sounds like he may end up missing up to four weeks yep don't have any hope for him until we start seeing full practice reports for George Kittle, more than likely. Seattle Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker, he is returning from his hernia, uh, practicing in full. Looks like he's probably going to be good to go for week two, as long as we keep seeing these full participation in the rest of the practices for this week. Probably not starting in week one. However, uh, good news for Kenneth Walker on his front. And... Then we're going to go over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Chris Godwin exited the game with a hamstring injury. Originally, we heard the report that it was not going to be a big deal. It was better than expected, but we got the report today. Better than expected still means he's looking to be out two to three weeks. Wrapping up our injury report, we did see another wide receiver go down. Keenan Allen left Sunday's game after just 22 snaps. He had also a hamstring injury ruled out for week two already because he is the Thursday night game that we have tomorrow night. So let's get into the Thursday night matchup. It's going to be the LA Chargers and the KC Chiefs. Keenan Allen's already ruled out for the game. Uh, what can we take away from this? As much as everyone's going to Mike Williams, this is going to be his week to shine. He's going to look like Mike Williams of last year. And there's a good chance that's the case. He should be the primary target uh this week in uh in kansas city but we saw what herbert did after keenan allen did go out and keenan allen or uh, the rest of that offense it was very much distribution just whoever was open herbert was finding a way to get him the ball that's just kind of what he did and it, it worked really well the offense clicked so i mean i i don't know if i'm firing up deandre carter like if, if you're in dire straits, i mean if you're in dire straits in week two you, your your fantasy team's probably in trouble or you're in a real deep league so i don't know if i'm firing him up um receiver i want to start is going to be mike williams and then gerald everett the, the other you know tight end pass catcher i think he's to have another opportunity to to shine but as you know with tight ends it's it's uh hit or miss so I'm, I'm looking forward to what that offense does look like. I do think we're going to see a bunch of targets for Austin Eckler. He, we saw Brandon Bolden have some good pass catching opportunities. He had a, a touchdown on a nice little swing pass. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that Eckler is going to end up getting a uh, big opportunity here. Where, where are you at with this this game? Yeah, man, I'm just really fired up to watch these two high powered offenses go at it. We've got the AFC West matchups that we've all been looking forward to all offseason. We thought we were going to get one of these high-power matchups last week with the Rams and the Bills. Rams came out flat, and so hopefully we get one of those 
you know, high scoring offensive battles, 31, 35, something like that in the score where we can really just see these offenses go back and forth because we know both these quarterbacks are absolutely elite in this game, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. I wish Keenan Allen was going to be in so they could be both be at full go, but I am excited for a lot of the options in this game. Obviously, you're starting both the quarterbacks. I would be starting probably both the tight ends, especially with Keenan Allen out. Uh, I think Gerald Everett is a pretty good play this week as a streaming option. If you do have something like your George Kittle's missing, Hopefully you can have a Gerald Everett on the waiver wire or something like that if you're playing redraft. Uh, this game does have a four-point spread. Where are you at on that spread with this one? I'm a, I'm a bit surprised. I'm a bit surprised the number one uh, wide receiver is out for the Chargers and they're they're a plus-four favorite on the road. Uh, I, I, I think they're taking oh, – Excuse me, plus-four dog on the road. Yeah, I think uh, – I still think I'm going to take the Chargers, man. I still like. I think the Chargers and the points is the play here. That offense, that both these offenses are going to click. You're going to see Patrick Mahomes distributing the ball all over the place. Obviously, Kelsey's going to get his Juju MVS. Like they're going to spread the ball out, and it's this is going to be the wild, the wild, wild AFC West. And that's exactly what we thought coming into it. Nothing like a prime time Thursday night game to really see what's probably the best two offenses in the AFC West and two of the top five offenses probably in all of the NFL. I I, I said it's going to be a push. I said 35-31 is, is my prediction for the game, and, but I'm going to take the Chargers. I I said it before the season. I, this is Justin Herbert's year. Patrick Mahomes is a damn good player, not taking anything away. He showed he can still thrive without Tyreek. But this Chargers offense, man, this Chargers defense as well, like this team – they got something going there. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I'm right there with you taking the Chargers on the plus four. I think once you push it into like two and a half territory, I'd flip over to the Chiefs side. Give me that three-point line, though. If I'm getting anything more than three, I'm going to be on the Chargers here. Moving it back to fantasy, though, let's dive into that Chiefs running back room. We saw Isaiah Pacheco actually get a good bit of work. I believe it was 11 carries for 62 yards last week. We also had CEH scoring twice in the receiving game. Where are you at with this running back room? Do you want to start any of them? No, it's going to be high scoring, but there's it's it seems like it's going to be a real three headed monster for the entire season. It absolutely is. I mean, uh, Pacheco got his opportunities late in the game. I don't know that he's going to have a main role. I think this is going to be the CEH and Jarek McKinnon show uh, this week. I don't want to start any of them. If I have to start one, I think, I mean, do you chase the touchdowns that, that CEH had? I think that the, the running back position will score one or two touchdowns this game. I can't tell you which one it's going to be. And that's the problem. I just, I don't want to start any of them, but if I had to pick one, I think I'm going to pick CEH. We were talking to Jay Rich about it, and it sounds like there's, you know, the 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 bets on the, the money's on uh, Jarek McKinnon. A Jarek McKinnon receiving touchdown is is really where it's at, and you can see it. You can you can close your eyes and see it. <laughs> Path is there, man. Yeah, but I'm I can't start any of these running backs with confidence right now. I just can't do it. I think it's almost going to take an injury to be able to pick which one or whatever. You get to two of them, maybe you can start two of them a week. But right now, with that three-headed monster, I'm not looking not looking to start any of them unless I'm in a pinch. Let's go to the other side of the football running back room, though, with Austin Eckler. Coming off a pretty 
mild performance from last week. Carried the ball 14 times for 36 yards. Only had four receptions, 36 yards in the passing game, no touchdowns. Are we worried about Eckler at all here? Are we worried about him in this game? Where are we at? You know, it was interesting. His snap share was under 50% last week, and he, he hit under 50% two times all of last year. Uh, so those types of performances do happen. Maybe they knew that there's a Thursday night game ahead of them with a division rival. I'm fi- I mean, firing up Eckler. I don't think you can you can't sit him. And we all expected some touchdown regression. He still got 14 carries, four targets, four receptions. You know, he got the opportunities were there. He had eight, you know, 18 opportunities for the game. I think he's going to have an, another solid opportunity. It's just going to be if the Chiefs defense keys in on him. Um and and how that running back room ends up getting split going forward with with Joshua Kelly taking some opportunities, Sony Michelle, they're all going to get snaps. It's just going to be the the workload that individual gets. But I'm not worried about Eckler, not at all. Are you? Yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Not to the point where obviously I'm still starting him. I think he's going to be. I was a little bit lower than consensus on him coming into the season where I was worried about the touchdown regression and the touches that he was already seeing. Now, if we see this lower than 50% snaps come and come to fruition throughout the season, it's going to be a serious problem for him to be a running back one this year. And we were drafting him as a top five running back. So in that context, I am a little bit worried for Eckler. I don't think this is the game to be worried though. Like we said, this should be an absolute shootout. You've got the wide receiver one out. He's going to get more work in the passing game more than likely. Yeah. Fire, fire him up for this week, but I do have a little bit of concern long-term as of right now. I do think this is going to be a 12 carry eight, nine target game for him just simply because of Keenan being out. I will start him. No problem. Win now I want him on my team. I, I with you on the long term for Eckler, but I'm not worried about I'm not worried about that. So let's uh let's get into the this can like the wide receiver rooms. We mentioned that Mike Williams is there. We mentioned uh, a little bit about that. Are you starting anyone there? I didn't ask you that. Are you starting anyone besides Mike Williams in that on that side of the ball? In a pinch for this week, I've been off of him all off season, but I can understand starting Josh Palmer. Yeah. He's going to get he's he's the wide receiver, too. Still, you know, we were picking up DeAndre Carter in our dynasty leagues because he's the next he's the next man up. And if Keenan Allen starts to miss multiple weeks, he could see a little bit of an increased workload. I mean, he already saw 64 yards of production last week. But Josh Palmer's still the guy you want to start as the wide receiver, too, in this offense. Outside of that, I'm even though we're picking him up, not trying to start DeAndre Carter and nobody else in this offense, in the wide, in the wide <laughs> receiver room really even matters. No, I'm with you there. And on the other side of the ball, Kansas City obviously has some great pass catchers. Kelsey locked and loaded, no questions about it. Wide receiver room, it was pretty even distribution last week. So we had, you know, Juju, MVS, Sky Moore, like everyone was getting their opportunities. Who are you starting? Who are you avoiding in this matchup? Been saying it all offseason. Juju's going to be the one in this offense. You can roll, roll Juju right into your wide receiver three your flex perfectly fine putting him in any of those roles mvs if you really need a high upside shot i could see him catching a long touchdown this week but man you're you're throwing a dart there if you're trying to start him with any confidence so juju is really the only one i want to start in the wide receiver room for the chiefs 
Do you have any hope for an MVS role? I know you just said it was spread out evenly, and you're even lower than me on Juju. So you even want to start him? I'm starting Juju. I think you have to start the number one wide receiver in this offense. I know Kelsey's technically the number one, but Juju's going to get his opportunities. I think he had nine targets last week, so I'm happy to to jump on on the Juju bandwagon this year and and see what he does. MVS is going to have these. He's he's the guy we thought he was in Green Bay. He's just now tied to Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to have those opportunities. He had four targets for 44 yards. I mean, all it takes is a big play from him to to score a touchdown, and you're you're stoked about him. I'm not starting him in lineup, but MVS is a guy I'm I'm looking for in best ball leagues. So happy to have him and add him to my team if I can. Uh, Sky Moore had a had a 30 yard grab. That was his only opportunity last week. I don't know that his role is going to expand this early in the year. Something to watch, though, as as uh, the season goes along, is is Sky more getting more target shares? Is he getting on the field more often? But yeah, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Juju, and stay away from that running back room. <laughs> yeah, not not anything you want to touch. I think that pretty much covers this game, though. So What's your final go... score? What's your final score, real quick? Uh, you already went with the thirty five thirty one, so I can't <laughs> take the that push. one. I took the push. Can't take that one. Uh, all right, we're gonna go thirty to thirty-seven. All right, there we 30, go. Thirty-seven, it? and it's gonna be the Chiefs. I know I just went against my bet. I guess we're flipping live. I'm taking the Chiefs. Taking the Chiefs in the points. I put you on the spot, man. I put you on the spot. You had no, I had no idea that that I was gonna throw that at you. I just had, I had to ask since I threw my score out there. So, yeah. So let's it. roll in. Let's roll into so now that we are, we're on to week two. Let's look at those those week one overreactions or reactions. You know where where we at with uh, some of these guys that you're buying based on performances from from week one. Who who are we overreacting on? The obvious candidate, the guy who rose the entire offseason, started off the Thursday night opener, Allen Robinson with a near goose egg in week one i mean i couldn't have predicted any worse of a performance except for a goose egg from for alan robinson for this game i was buying him everywhere all off season i was overdrafting him in redraft wanted everything i could do with them the only problem was matthew stafford didn't want anything to do with him and it, it was it was a gross game but it was wild they didn't even look his way. Like he was wide open on some plays. They didn't even look his direction. He didn't even look at him. He'd rather throw it to Brick Hands, Ben Skronik, and Tyler Higby, who was dropping like half of the balls that were thrown his way. It was just hitting him in the hands, just drops. Like Allen Robinson is a much better receiver than this. And he was still on the field. That's the, that's the thing that we have to take away from this. Allen Robinson was on the field for almost all of the snaps, and he was running routes on almost all of those snaps as well. Yeah, he had two two less routes run than Cooper Cup, so he's out there with Cup. Being the number two in a high-powered offense, I am all in on, on Allen Robinson for, for a rebound. I don't think he's going to be some of the hype that we talked about this offseason where he's going to be a 1,300-yard receiver with, you know – what was it like eight touchdowns? I don't think that's the case. He's gonna be a wide receiver too. He's going to be a good wide receiver too. He's going to have these bum weeks just simply because Cooper cup will get 15 targets sometimes. And that's, just, 
that's just Matthew Stafford. But what are you buying A-Rob for? What are you comfortable sending out? I know 23 first is what everyone wanted. Are you comfortable sending out a back end 23 first? You think we can – like, what, what's your offer? Right now, I'm trying to send out a 24 first. That's, 24? that's where I'm comfortable with right now. I think I'm buying – I think I was comfortable off season, all offseason buying for that back end 23 first. And so if I was comfortable with that, trying to buy a little bit of a dip, I'll probably send, you know, two 23 seconds first if I have that, maybe a 23 second, a 24 second. But if that doesn't get done, that's my starting starting offer. And I'm perfectly fine with upping that to a 24 first. And if somebody's scared after week one, wants to give me a little bit of a discount from the 23 first to the 24 first, I'm more than happy to take that risk on Allen Robinson right now. Yeah, I'm... 1000% on board with that. I think I think the the 2 seconds is 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 where I would be good with. Um I, I don't know that I'd be win now. I just don't know if that's the piece I'm sending a first for, but yeah, if I can send out a couple seconds and get myself Allen Robinson, he's going to be a, a solid wide receiver 2 going forward and it, it, you're he's probably going to be like your wide receiver 3 or 4 on your team, so you're putting him in a flex spot. You're probably feeling real good about that. So with you 100%. So moving forward to some of the other buys from this week or overreactions this week, where are you at with this? the running backs from week one? Wasn't a good week from our studs, man. Uh, we already went over Austin Eckler's meh performance. We had Derrick Henry getting stifled by a New York Giants offense and Giants somehow getting a win in that game because they were – clogging up the run game cmc didn't even really do too much it's week one i'm buying all these guys if i can right like if anybody's getting anywhere near scared from this week one they're doing the they're doing the overreaction they want to get off these guys they're seeing oh no he's not getting as much work as last year he's not no send out send out your first plus offers on any of your win now teams I'll even do, you know, your first son rebuild teams. You just get the piece that you know should accrue value from now until the end of the season. Because if you can buy them at discount right now after somebody overreacting to week one, they're going to get back to what they were, or at least I think so. And I, we only bring this up simply because of the fact that there are people in your leagues everywhere that are panicking about what happened in week one whether it's the quarterbacks that looked rusty whether it's the running backs that that had limited workloads a lot of the times like we forget that we we had only three preseason games a lot of the a lot of these veteran running backs this is the first time they're actually getting on the field getting full workloads getting hit by by linebackers and d linemen i mean derrick henry still ended up having 21 carries and 82 yards that was a floor game if you can go out there and go get Derrick Henry, he looked good. He really did. They are going to stack the box just to stop him. And so you're going to have games like this. But if they're going to still give him 20 carries, great. That's what you want. That's what you expect. Eckler, same thing. We talked about his, his snap share. He's going to get the passing game work. It's going to bounce back. We talked about the touchdown regression, so that's fine. And then CMC, super limited touches, but he looked phenomenal when he was out there. So if you can go buy CMC based on on the the stat line that he had, do it. Absolutely do it. Are you getting any of these guys for just a singular 23 first? You think you have to do like a first and a second, first and a third, 
I think you're I think you're probably minimum still first and a second on any of these yeah. guys. And I'm fine. I'm fine with doing it. It's probably not much of a discount from some of the prices you might have gotten on the low end of offers throughout the regular season. But it's the offers I've been comfortable sending out for them, and it's the offer I'm still comfortable sending out for them. Yep. Perfect. Any any other uh any other buys that we're looking at this week? Any quarterbacks you buying Carson Wentz and his monster performance in week one? I mean, Carson Wentz has been undervalued all offseason. So I've had him in I've already had him in a couple of places. I don't think I'm really looking to go out and buy Carson Wentz. Even if you even if you do, like he's just one of those quarterbacks that's always gonna have a stink on him. So I'm I'm fine having Carson Wentz as my QB three in any league, but I'm not trying to have him be my QB two still. Just doesn't yeah. have doesn't have the long term security. Even if he does have a good amount of production in these early weeks, he's going to revert back to being Carson Wentz at some point, right? The median always shows, and that was if you if you had him on your team and you had him in your lineup, good for you. Um, I still wouldn't feel good about having him as my starting quarterback, like you said, but he's going to have some good games. So best ball. I, Good, good dart to have at the quarterback position. So let's go into the sells real quick. Who are you selling based on what you saw week one? We're going to jump right back into that Thursday night game that we broke down. CH <laughs> two touchdowns. He's back. Is he back? Is he back? He's back. He's a pass catching running back. He, he no, got he's two not. touchdowns. No, he's not. 23 first. Sell him. Get him off. Get him off my roster. Uh, would you be selling for two seconds yet? I am. Yep. I am. I, I, I still don't want CEH. I still don't want CEH. I, I don't tr- – we talked about not wanting to start any of these guys. I, I would move off that stench, and I can do something with those 23 seconds that is going to help my team put up points on a consistent basis. We talked about you know James Conner being a, a guy that you can go out there and get for a second. Maybe even a second and a third if you have to pay up. But would you straight swap CEH for James Conner? I'll take James Conner. <laughs> so, so there we go. So even if you had to give two seconds up to go get James Conner, go do it. Like that's that's the move to make. I mean, he had seventy four yards, twenty two fantasy points. Yeah, I, I'm out. Yep, yeah. get rid of and be, him. And before we get too far into this, what do we hear every time that we anybody does trade shows? It's always, oh, the, in my league, that could never happen. And then what do we see the entire week? We just see trades getting posted in discords one after another of people reacting. Oh my God, how'd you do that trade? It's because you sent it out. You don't know every person in your league personally, most of the time. So just send these deals out. You're not going to piss off the person, or at least you shouldn't be pissing off the person so much to where they're just going to completely burn a bridge. Don't, don't do that type of a deal. You're not sending out like two firsts for CEH right now. Right. But send these type of deals out. They'll probably get rejected, but you never know. You sometimes you sometimes you strike gold. Sometimes you're chasing Royal Rumble League and you you hit some gold. <laughs> sometimes you get lucky. I mean, Damian Pierce was going for first, and we saw what happened. You know, there it's like not anymore. Yeah, yeah not anymore. So shoot your shot. At least have the start the conversation. Don't do anything insulting. Don't go, you know, asking for Ceh for fourths or you know, or, yeah, like you said, first multiple first, but. uh and the same thing with James Conner. Don't go sending out, oh, here's my third and, and and expecting to get a deal done. Like, fine, start in the middle, get a deal done. But yeah, that's I'm with you 100%. You, you, you don't shoot that shot, you're going to miss. Another guy I'm going to shoot my shot on in selling him, I'm going to sell Devontae Smith. Ooh. 
I'm selling Devontae Smith. I've actually already sold off my Devontae Smith shares. Yes, you have. And it's because I love A.J. Brown. And what did A.J. Brown come out and do in his first game with the guy that they brought in for Jalen Hurts to be his alpha, be his number one? He absolutely wrecked the football field against the Detroit Lions last week. 13 targets, 10 receptions, 155 yards. And what did Devonta Smith do? Four targets and a goose egg. And a big old goose. Now, do I think Devonta Smith is going to be goosing all year? No. However, AJ Brown, that dude, and he's going to be the <laughs> alpha of this. He's going to be the alpha of this offense. And Devonta Smith just isn't going to get enough work to be worth what he was going for and what I still think you can probably send him for. Because while people are overreacting, some people are also trying to buy the dip. And I'm going to be selling him off of people trying to buy it right now. Yeah, Devonta Smith, was, I mean, I still think you can easily get a late 23 first for him. I don't think that that's going to be a problem in most leagues. He's young. You can sell the fact that he's a number two. Yeah, it was a bum week. He's going to have a blow-up week where you can sell. I love Devonta Smith. I I think I do think he's a guy that I would be more interested in trying to buy. I might wait a week on Devonta Smith and try and buy him simply because I do see a world in which Devonta Smith lays another goose egg this week and then the real panic sets in. AJ Brown is that dude. He absolutely is. And Devonta Smith will get his opportunities. It will happen. It will be inconsistent. That's just part of part of the gig. But the other side of it is AJ Brown is also a notorious guy that always gets banged up, banged up. So if I'm able to, to go get Devonta Smith and in a week, I can throw out a couple seconds. I'm doing it. I don't know that I'm going to buy him for a 23 first. I do think, like I said, he's going to have some down week, another down week, try and go buy him at that point. But if you can sell for a 23 first, get out, get out and re-roll. Take, either take that pick and find a, another player at that 23 first level that you can add points to your roster and help you win. There's no point in holding him, hoping for him to become, you know, uh, a T Higgins because that's not going to happen. It's just not in the cards for him unless this offense just becomes super high powered. And as much as we've liked Jalen Hurts this offseason, we've been bumping him up all the way to QB eight. He's still not going to, in my mind, ever be a truly efficient passer to where he's going to be supporting two wide receiver twos, ones. It's just, I think AJ Brown's just going to be, he's such a good wide receiver in my opinion that he's just going to dominate target share in this offense. But I can see, I can see holding off from the cell, trying to, you know, trying to move him later, whichever way you're trying to move him. I, I can, I can fully understand that. But let's move on to some of these other guys that we saw some of the, lower guys that we can just ship off the back end of our roster that blew up week one, you know, the, the Sammy Watkins of old, do, do we have any of those guys <laughs> that we can sell off this week? One, one Robbie Anderson, 21 fantasy points week one. He had eight targets, five catches for 102 yards and a tutty. If you have Robbie Anderson on your roster, sell him. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get a second for him, but you can try, like send that out, send out a, a find a late second that you can get, find uh, you know a, a player and a and a third, you know take a dart on somebody. I just don't see 
Robbie Anderson being anything consistent this year. So you feel the same way? What do you, what do you think you can get for Robbie? These type of guys, my my first go to is always second, third swap. Yep. I don't think they're going to be that. worth a don't think they're going to be worth a second. Somebody's going to look at that and be like, oh no, man, it's Robbie Anderson. It's just one week. But then you look at, oh well, I'm getting a third back. You know, that's not too much of a difference. I can I'm just dropping I'm just dropping one round. But you're gaining a round, and then you can start combining seconds and the firsts, and you've just leveraged an absolute play from a guy who blew up one week, and we're not projecting to see anything near this from Robbie Anderson week to week. Love it. That's that is the trickle down effect that you want. Move move your assets into better assets to move into better assets. Just keep rolling it forward. Absolutely love that. Another guy that had a uh, resurgence, resurrection. One Curtis Samuel. Is he alive? What just happened? I mean, he's alive for eleven targets, eight receptions, fifty-five yards, and a tutter. <laughs> but it's still Curtis Samuel. And even worse for this offense, we know how much they, you know, had the narrative on Antonio Gibson fumbling. He also fumbled this game. So not great for him there. It's still Curtis Samuel. I mean, there's two, in my mind, two better receivers on this team than him. Terry McLaurin's better than him. John Dotson's better than him. I think it's just a week where it just happened to be his day. I I don't know that you're going to see... You know, going back to kind of Carson Wentz, he threw it 41 times. That's like a 25% target share for, for Curtis Samuel. I don't think that that's going to happen on a consistent basis. So if you can sell him, this is a dude that people loved. And so you can probably get a second for him if you have the right person in your league. I don't know that I'm willing to hold to see if he's quote-unquote back. I I never believed in Curtis Samuel. He had that one great season and not great. He had that one wide receiver two season in, yep. in Carolina. And then people were like, Oh, Curtis Samuel. Oh yeah. I get rid of him. He is a, he is a roster clogger. And if you can get a second for him, do it. Cause you're not going to want to start him every single week. He's one. I'll even just take a third. Like, would you really? I'd take a third. I mean, if you're going to do that, might as well do that. I, the Curtis Samuel third for a second, you know, try to try to do exactly. I'm doing what you that said first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'd you'd still accept. You'd just be like, screw it, I'm out. <laughs> get, yep. get him off my roster for a third. Like you said, roster clogger. Normally, I can't even get fourths for roster cloggers. I'm perfectly fine just getting out for a third. Yep i I might. No, I'm I'm with I'm with you. I was gonna say let's hold one more week and see if you can get a second. But that's exactly what happens. And Curtis Samuel throws up a goose egg, and you're like, oh, there's my my buy window is closed. And so, that is the big, yeah, that's the big thing that you, we need to look at with our teams is when is our sell window open and closed? And sometimes it's just a few days. Take advantage of it. Don't hold out hope. That is what will get this guy stuck on your team for the next three years waiting for that window to open back up who are who speaking of holds <laughs> yeah. who who are you holding on to uh, is there anyone that you, you saw kind of worry you week one that you're a couple of guys that i've i even have some shares of too and it's it doesn't feel great right now zeke elliott had a pretty rough game it seems like we are actually we might actually see that tony pollard zeke split that they've been promising us for years and never delivering on he didn't have a great game. The both the running backs from Jacksonville, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, 
who which one's the guy you want there uh, are you trying to move either of those two pieces and then from my projected worst offense in the in the league david montgomery i i know I know what I'm doing with him. I'm not owning him for the last year. That's what I've been doing with him. So luckily I don't have to make that decision. But if you do, that was a rough game. And I don't think you can move it. He's just one of those guys you can't move after a performance like that. Yeah. Monty is the guy that worries me most, but I do think he's the guy who you will see his value bounce back. That was a, a rainy, sloppy game in Chicago. New turf. A lot, a lot of things were against him. Very, very inefficient. But I'm not going to hold that against him. Khalil Herbert did get the opportunities. I'm banking. I'm holding Monty. I'm absolutely holding Monty for some bounce back. And when you see that bounce back, that would be a good time to move off of him. I do think Khalil Herbert is going to be a consistent problem throughout the year, vulturing carries. And he looked real good. You know, so if you have one guy that looks good and they, they've talked about it all offseason that Khalil Herbert is a coach favorite, whereas Monty, they don't know really how he fits. He's not coming back. This may be a backfield we see transition later in the year. So if Monty can get a touchdown, get you 13, 14 points, look to move him, look to to, to try and get a first try, package him with something else to get an upgrade at the running back position where someone's trying to down tier. That's the move I'd be looking for with Monty. Zeke, I'm not as panicked on. I think Zeke is a guy, he he, he had the 10 carries, he, he five yards of carry last week. I do think he's going to continue to get volume despite how bad that offensive line is, despite how Cooper Rush is going to be playing. But I, you're going to see dump-offs. You're going to see them lean on the running game just to t- alleviate some of the pressure on Cooper Rush. I don't know how efficient he will be, going forward. I don't think he's going to have five yards of carry, but he's going to be a volume-based RB2, in my opinion. I'd be willing to hold for for now, but I get the hesitation. It's a scary proposition, and it's really just because we're going we're gonna to see Cooper rush for the next six to eight weeks, and then even when Dak comes back as he back full – we, you know, we saw it with Russ, you know, we saw it with the hand injury with Russ last year, that offense really never got back to where it was or where it was supposed to be. The touchdown efficiency scares me, the touchdown rate, the efficiency on the ground game. He is going to get the work through the air. Like, like you said, I know I'm only going to be getting like a back second or something for him right now, more, more than likely. So I'm going to be holding. I do think he can still produce is that, you know, mid back RB two, hopefully for me on weeks. There's a lot, there's a lot there that has me worried. And it's definitely one I'm going to be very water on here in the next, probably even just this next week. I know we're this overreaction episode, but if we see another week where there's splits, it's inefficient and still no more touchdowns, this Cowboys offense looks bad. I might just be trying to get out for whatever I can. That offense in general, I want to touch on them real quick just before we go into the Jags backfield. Um, CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz, are you are you doing anything with them? If you are a win now team and you have them on your on your roster, do you think either one of them is worth holding and, and kind of waiting out? I, mean, I don't want anybody else beyond that though for the next six to eight weeks. And and we talked about with 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 uh, Dak out for that time frame. We saw last year Russell Wilson had a similar injury with his hand, had a similar surgery, and he did not look right for 
four to five games after that. So you're talking about a, a, a downtick in production for 10 weeks, 12 weeks. I don't know that I want to be holding on to this offense, really. Maybe Schultz? Schultz is one. I'll, I'll, I'll keep Schultz. I'll ride with Schultz until it's absolutely proven to me that there's nothing left from Schultz. Uh, he's He could be the number one target in this offense still throughout the entire time. He's going to get his work on receptions. So CD Lamb, I'm, I was hot. I was high on a man. So I'm still going to hold, but I can fully get if you want, if you want to get out, go switch for Drake London, go switch for Michael Pittman. If you want to just say, hey, I, I need the production right now. I think CD Lamb, you know, he has an opportunity to be here. He's had an opportunity to be the alpha that we thought he could be or the top five wide receiver in dynasty that he could be, but we're in year three, man. And we're probably not going to see that type of production from him in all of year three at this point. So if you want to get out, I, I fully understand it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you with on Schultz. I, I think he's going to be that safety valve, you know, similar to Zeke. It's going to be Schultz and, and Zeke or Pollard, you know, the, the running backs, CD Lamb is is approaching a scary territory for me and a guy that I just don't own anywhere, which is DJ Moore. Uh, another guy that had a lot of talent, a lot of hype and excitement. And he's good. He's a good player. Good wide receiver, too. But he's not top five, like you know, CD Lamb has been considered, and he's putting up similar numbers. And it's just I'm real worried about CD Lamb. Real worried about him. I think that is a guy that I would sell. I might even go after like Mike Evans plus go after uh, another wide receiver, one quality player. That's a little bit up there in age. If you can do that, you know, if you can go to Diggs, just straight swap for Diggs. like Diggs is going to be around for another three years. I don't know if you can straight swap them right now just with the, the production, but if you have, if you can find something like that and maybe even kick in something else, like I, I'm doing that. I'm getting those points on my roster any way possible. The two I would do, like you just said, I would do Diggs and Adams right now. Yep. I, I would do that and I'd get out. I'd take the production for the next two, three years that I think we're pretty much guaranteed with Diggs and Adams. Even if they do fall off a little bit, you're still going to get noteworthy production that's probably going to be hitting your lineup. You may not have the upside of, you know, this talent ex extending himself into three first worth territory, but he's, you're going to get the production. And if, especially if you're on win now teams, you can't be waiting around for six to eight weeks for CD lamb to get back to wide receiver one territory. So th those would be two guys I'd be very willing to pivot off on. Yep. With you right there. So let's get into the Jags backfield real quick here. Um, you mentioned just uh, what, what we would do with them. I do feel like J Rob is going to be a problem all year for ETN. ETN looked really good. He had four carries for 47 yards. He, he dropped a touchdown pass uh, or touchdown catch. And I think ETN's going to be real solid. So if I can sell J Rob and get myself two seconds, I mean, his value's back. Like people are, are real excited. You saw some volume from him. I know you were real worried about him coming into the year with that Achilles injury. I still don't know that I want to rely on that consistently. I, you know, this is technically like a rookie year for ETN still getting, you know, getting a feel for the NFL. So I do think ETN's role will expand. And I think that's only going to hurt J Rob long-term. Yeah. I really need to know if cam Akers and James Robinson went to the same doctor for their <laughs> Achilles injury repairs, 
because they look completely different coming back from that. And Cam Akers has had almost a full extra year on top of James Robinson. Wild. Or at least half a year. He, he, he looked great. Like you said, I didn't. I seriously was projecting him not to be back almost all of this year at the beginning of the offseason. Uh, I'm really glad for him, the player, that he's back. Uh, luckily, I wasn't able to acquire any ETN shares, so I'm not too hurt right now off of it. But the snap counts is scary. They split work really evenly. 36 snaps for ETN, 34 for James Robinson. They ETN does have the edge, though, in the routes run, at least on week one. 23 routes run versus 15 for James Robinson and a split between four and two in the target game. So I think ETN ETN's still the one you want. I do think that role expands into this next season. But it's scary right now. Um, if I can get off of ETN, get another anything in the RB1 territory, probably even the RB15 territory, I think I'm probably still doing that. ETN is the one I, I'm with you. I don't own any of either. Was not high on him at all. I had it was for me. It was Javante and Najee in, in a tier of the, those two, and then it was a big gap for me personally. And then ETN. So I don't know that I'm buying him. I think I could sell him if you want to sell him for a 23 first. I mean, talking about like a mid to late one. Would I rather have Tank Bigsby? Would I rather have Sean Tucker? I think I'm taking those two, and. Say if you want to go for an aging running back, maybe give me Connor plus, you know, give me the production and give me a pick. Give me, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, plus if you can get yourself a, a workhorse like a, I don't I guess I don't know. I don't think you can get yourself a, a Dalvin Cook, even though Dalvin's old. So, ugh, yeah, I, I, I want out personally. I don't want that running back room. So I just pulled it up on KTC and we know KTC could be. A little bit suspected sometimes, but it's probably the best thing we've got for the overreactions that we've seen to week one. And the running backs that I would almost all pivot off of. Well, just a side note real quick. A.J. Dillon is RB11. It is wild. The overreactions on keep trade cut. And that is it's not great, but it is a solid idea of what the community consensus is, people. It is very real. If you and can that get is, first plus for AJ Dillon, go go do that right now. Sell AJ Dillon, yes. It is going to be Aaron Jones's backfield people. I they both are going to get work, but it is going to be Aaron Jones going forward in that role. Like they're both going to get work, but man, I can't believe what's happened. But guys that I'd be willing to <laughs> pivot off of ETN for Camara, Henry, Aaron Jones. Those are the guys going around him in the KTC values right now. I'd be willing to pivot off of any of the, I'd be willing to pivot off of ETN for any of those guys. Yep. They're going to outproduce him this year for sure. And depending on which one you get, you got an, at least another year, at least another year. And I'm happy to take that, that RB one production over hoping ETN can crack that range. We just don't know what he is and what he could end up being. So I would, I would take that sure thing production for the next couple of years as well. Any last things you wanted to touch on real quick? I think I'm good, man. I'm just excited. We got Thursday Night Football on Amazon kicking off for the first time. On excited Amazon. about that on Amazon. Get to see this get to see this crew in work. So excited for this game. Hopefully we get a little bit of a better Thursday Night Kickoff than we did last week and we get our true, <laughs> true Thursday Night Kickoff. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, agreed, man. Pumped. 
week two kicking off. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us here on the Fantasy Draft Row.